Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Hey, welcome back. It's 220. Uh, listen, as we wrap up the program today, I have an announcement to make uh, regarding the future of the of the program. A bit of a, uh, some personal news to share with you. Uh, and that's coming up at at two fifty. So uh, let's hang out here for the next half hour or so. Uh, invite a few more folks to the program, and then uh, I'll share with you some big news, some uh, some exciting news. Uh, and looking forward to that. That's coming up at two fifty. Right now, though, I want to talk to you about Summit County. Yesterday, during the governor's weekly uh, press briefing, where he updates the state and the media, on what's going on in the world of COVID-19 battling. Uh, Anyway, we learned that the pool of those eligible for the COVID-19 vaccine was uh, dramatically expanding, that it was growing by a a significant amount. Specifically, uh, all those Utahns age 50 plus now eligible, now now eligible to uh, make an appointment, and go in there, you verify your age, uh, you're able to get now uh, a COVID-19 vaccine. Uh, why is that the case? Well, we here in Utah on Wednesday of this week started receiving the, the first deliveries of the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, the latest uh, to burst onto the scene. And uh, that that one, just a, a one-dose thing, pretty cool and exciting. Um, you know what? I'll, I'll tell you what. Uh, we have a little bit of time here. Uh, if, if anyone's listening... And they have gotten the Johnson and Johnson vaccine. Can I just uh, make a request? Would you call in 801-575-8255? 801-KSL-TALK is the number. If you have received yourself the, the Johnson and Johnson vaccine, I'd love to, to have you on the program and just share uh, your experience, uh, how it felt and how you feel now, knowing that you're vaccinated. Amber, could you keep an eye on, on that? If, if anyone calls in, uh, we'll just go right to, to, to that conversation. Um, uh, listen, if it's if it's your cousin who got one, or if it's your uncle, or if it's someone else, I, that's okay. Let them call in. I want, if you got the vaccine, if you got Johnson & Johnson, 801-575-8255, 801-KSL-TALK. Uh, we'll leave it at that. Hope to hear from you. The other pool that expanded was... Those with uh, underlying conditions or comorbidities. Uh, that's that new word we've learned this past year, comorbidity. Uh, a lot of syllables, tough to say if you're a youngster. I had to work on it. Comorbidity. Uh, the governor yesterday announced that all those individuals 16 years and older are able to uh, receive the vaccine if they have uh, any one of uh, the now long list of 
of underlying conditions. And those uh, conditions expanded to include uh, anyone with type 1 or 2 diabetes. Uh, we also learned that, also learned that those uh, individuals with a body mass index of uh, over 30 or 30 plus, uh, or if you, you know, are, are categorized as uh, suffering from obesity or being obese, uh, you know what, I, I ran into this yesterday. I'm not exactly sure the, like, the PC or the proper way to refer to someone, uh, you know, of excess weight, obese. Are, are you an obese person or are you a person who suffers from obesity? I don't know. Anyway, um, I... Uh, I'm uh, I'm struggling for the words. 57500 if you want to set me straight on that one. Uh, but anyway, okay, very good. Uh, I just got word in my ear that uh, Ashland West Valley uh, has gotten the Johnson & Johnson uh, vaccine. Let's let's have a chat with Ashland, then we'll go back to, to Summit County in a moment. Ashland, welcome to the program. How are you? I'm good, thank you. And it's actually Angela. Oh, Angela. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm sorry. Uh, that's okay. Don't the phones are tough. Hey, listen, um... You, so you, you've received the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. Yeah, I was in their study, oh. and I got unblinded when all the qualifications started coming up, and I did find out that I did, in fact, receive the vaccine. Okay. So. Uh, well, well t- take, us back to the, take us back to the injection day. So you get the, you get the vaccine. You know it's a Johnson & Johnson study, mm-hmm. but you, 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 know if it, you don't know if it's placebo or if it's the actual vaccine. H- how did you feel mm-hmm. uh, afterwards? Yeah, so um, I'm actually in the study that had the two because they're still doing an ensemble two study. So I actually received two injections. Okay. And the, the first time um, I was had like, I did get uh, mild fever, chills, body aches, um, a really bad headache. And I would say that all only lasted, it was from about hour 16 after the injection until probably about hour 24 and it was manageable and fine with like Tylenol and ibuprofen. And then after that whole day, I felt like just kind of weak and tired till the next day. So that's how the first shot was for me, which will probably be like what the experience is now that the first shot's been approved. Um, The second shot was more intense, kind of like what people have explained with the other two with, you know, like how Pfizer and Moderna have been, but yeah. So Mild, but definite, like, you know, wasn't on my A-game or anything that day. But not too bad. Yeah. Let me ask you this. Did you, was there a little bit of glee? Were you a, a little bit pleased when you started experiencing those symptoms? Uh, I, I would presume it would be an indication that you, in fact, did receive the, the vaccine, the live vaccine, and not the, uh, and not the placebo. Yeah, I was super excited. That's actually one reason why I decided I wanted to go ahead and do the study, because I tend to have reactions to like flu shots and things. And mm. so I knew that I would be able to tell if I got the vaccine. I felt pretty confident in that. So, yeah, I was really happy when I didn't feel good for those few hours. So, yeah, it was good. Do, uh, do, do me a favor. Uh, there are, at least according to the most recent polling, uh, there are about 12 percent of Utahns who are still on the fence as to whether or not they will get vaccinated. Some uh, are pretty dead set against it. Some uh, uh, you know, have some questions. What, what would you say to those 12 percent? Um, I would say that vaccines are definitely going to be our way out of this pandemic. Um They were formulated safely. I'm also a nurse, and so I did a lot of research on this before I did the study. Um, I would encourage them to go out and do their own research and not to just fall back on things that they're hearing on social media, but to go in, 
You can go on the government website. You can read the 60-page reports on all the vaccines. They'll understand the science. They'll understand more how it was sped up and how, how that process was able to happen, that it wasn't that steps were skipped, but that we had additional funding and willingness to participate in this to speed up the process so that we can get out of the pandemic. And I, I strongly feel after doing all my own research that I know that's the way that all of us are going to get out of this pandemic. And I would encourage them to do their own research and make a decision based on science and not theory. Mm. <laughs> Angela, thank you so much. And thank you for your service in, uh, in nursing. How, if you don't mind me asking, how long have you been at it? Um, Ten years. 10 years, uh, a noble and worthwhile profession that you'd uh, recommend to others? You'd, you'd recommend the fielding to nursing to, to others who are, uh, you know, trying to evaluate their next step in life and looking uh, into a field such as yours to, to follow? Yeah, for sure. Nursing's awesome because there's so many. I actually work in telehealth and there's just a lot of great options. There's a different like subsidiary of nursing for every type of personality and interest. So I would definitely encourage that too. Uh, well, Angela, I'll, I'll let you go. Uh, thank you so much for calling in. Congratulations on uh, after being unblinded, learning that you in fact got the vaccine. Uh, Johnson and Johnson made you feel a little woozy at first, but uh, that all went away and that's natural and expected. Angela, thanks again. Yeah, you have a great day. Thank you. All righty. Uh, we're going to take a break in a moment. Uh, I, I didn't get a chance yet to walk through uh, the Summit County story. I want to, though. And so after the break, uh, we're going to talk about hiking and masks and etiquette. But first, I'll, I'll wrap up my thoughts on what has transpired in Summit County. Governor Cox yesterday opened things up to 50 plus, opened up the pool of those eligible to receive the vaccine to 50 plus. Summit County went a step further, 40 plus. The question is why? I'll explain next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. 2.36 is the time here in the KSL Newsroom. We're going to cover a lot of ground here over the next uh, 10 minutes or so. I need to uh, clean up the last segment. I didn't quite get the opportunity to talk about what happened in uh, Summit County following the announcement that they uh, were going above and beyond what the governor had announced as he made the COVID-19 vaccine available to all Utahns 50 plus in Summit County. The announcement came not long after the governor uh, spoke that Summit County residents 40 plus would be eligible to receive the COVID-19 vaccine. Uh, Before I get into my reaction, here's an explanation of things from KSL News Radio's uh, Lindsay Ertz. Shots are filled today for those 50 and older, but Salt Lake County Health Department spokesman Gabe Moreno says appointments are open. The main goal is to vaccinate as many people who are eligible who want to get the shot. When you go to sign up at the Salt Lake County Health Department's website, you'll be redirected to the state's page, which Moreno says might cause some confusion. The the state will not be updating their website until Monday, we believe, uh, or it could be before then. But, you know, a little bit of confusion is better than appointments not being filled. You can also sign up for an appointment right now in Davis County, but they aren't starting shots until Monday. Utah County says they'll be opening appointments starting tonight at 7, with shots also starting Monday. Lindsay Ertz, KSL News Radio. Okay, so thank you very much, uh, Lindsay, for that, getting us up to speed. You heard the mention of Summit County there. Uh, I, I was able to hear from the director of the Summit County Health Department explaining uh, why the why the eligibility has been opened to 40 plus uh, in Summit County. And I'll tell you what, I was very impressed 
uh, by the decision made based on the circumstances that were playing out in Summit County. Here's what happened. Here's what happened. Some time ago, there was an effort on the part of the health department to determine uh, who would like to pursue a a, a vaccination, who, who would like to get vaccinated. And so what happened was there was essentially a pre-registration system to gather the names and the contact information so that the vaccine appointment invitations could be sent at a later date. So essentially it's like uh, everyone is, uh, is signing up. Someday I would like to get the vaccine regardless of age. Right, regardless of medical condition, regardless of the comorbidities, uh, there was a system where everyone could just shove their information in there if they're if they're desirous to get the vaccine. And then, once the categories were open, the eligibility opened, those individuals could then later be sent invitations, appointment invitations uh, at a later date. Now, here's where uh, things get interesting when. Those when those pre-registrations were filled out by individuals, residents of Summit County, they were instructed to click uh, from various age categories. You didn't type your birthday in. You simply indicated within which age category you fit. And there was no coordinate. There was no back and forth with the governor's office. The governor's plan didn't even uh, address age at the time of the collection of these pre-registrations. And so there were two categories. There were two, well, there were numerous age groups, uh, but two of them come into play here. One of the age groups was for those individuals 40 to 54, between the ages of 40 and 54. The next category was uh, for those ages 55 to 64. There were 6,300 people who pre-registered in one of those two groups. Now, remember, I said you don't put your birth date in there. And so what happens yesterday is that the governor announces 50 plus. Now you have you have categories there where if you extend invitations to only the 5564, you are potentially excluding from getting a vaccine those Summit County residents who filled out the form and are between the ages of 50 and 54. You see, there are a lot of details here to follow, but what ultimately it boils down to is a decision between giving the vaccine to more people or fewer people, more or less. And if we've learned anything, it is that the more arms we can get this vaccine into, the better. And the more people who are vaccinated, the slower this stinking thing will spread and ultimately will move our way towards, uh, you know, that new tomorrow we're looking for. And so uh, the the director of Summit County Health had a tough decision to make uh, because, you know, if he if he opens things up to, to 40 plus, you know, the governor could come and say, hey, hold on one second. What, uh, what, I'm kind of the boss around here. What do you think you're doing? All right. And then what if Summit County had gone the other way? What if the statement from uh, Summit County was that, okay, yeah, we know the governor has opened things up to uh, 50 plus. Well, here we're doing we're going to do things different. And they leaned then on the other category, which is 55 plus. No, yeah, a whole bunch of people upset. The decision made uh, was a noble and a good one. And you might hear uh, some folks saying otherwise. You might hear some individuals say that, oh, well, what, uh, what the heck? Why don't they just re- redo the system? 
Uh, no, you see, they led folks to understand the system was going to work in a certain way. You pre-register, then you'll get an invitation. And the nature of the system was such that they uh, weren't able to determine exactly how old someone was, but rather into which category they fit. And to accommodate the largest pool of people and to get the biggest number of Utahns vaccinated, they went with the 40-plus. Anyway, uh, thank you for uh, enduring that. I just I, I heard earlier today, uh, not here but elsewhere, I heard some criticism uh, of Summit County for being uh, disorganized or going their own way. And I just wanted to at least for there to be one voice, uh, mine, uh, supporting that decision. I think it was a good one. I think it was a good one, and I think uh, those folks, uh, 40 uh, plus, between 40 and 50, uh, you know, maybe they decline the invitation. Who knows? It's up to them. But uh, to make sure that things are fair for those ages 50 to 55 in Summit County, this was the right thing to do. Absolutely the right thing to do. Uh, i got to take a break in just a moment. Before we go, though, let me pull up uh, this. What else do I need to uh, share before we go. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Uh, we were going to talk about uh, hiking and masks and etiquette. Might have to push that uh, until Monday. Uh, but I will say this. Uh, the weather outside is absolutely beautiful. If you have the opportunity to get outside today, uh, tomorrow or Sunday as this sun continues to shine, uh, take advantage of the opportunity. Uh, do it. Get out there. Uh, as I sit here uh, wrapping up today's broadcast, uh, if you know where we're located, KSL Broadcast House is right next to uh, the Vivint uh, Smart Homes Arena. Is that what they call it? Vivint Arena? Something. Uh, where the jazz play. Today, there is some Disney on Ice stuff going on. And so as I sit here, uh, there are families parking, and I see them walking together, some beautiful families. Uh, there is one thing that I notice, that uh, not everyone is wearing a mask. Uh, typically, you see either both parents wearing the mask uh, or neither parent wearing the mask. Here's a question I have. What's the dynamic like uh, for couples where the like <laughs> the affection for masks or the diligence in wearing a mask is different? I have seen a few couples walk by where either mom is wearing a mask and dad is not, or vice versa, dad is wearing a mask and mom is not. And it's not just pulled down below. There's just no mask present. What's that dynamic like? I think my wife and I uh, line up pretty much um, some, sometimes we'll, we'll, we'll be in situations where she'll be wearing a mask and I won't. Um, uh, but it's not, it's not too, it's not too bad. Uh, but what's it, what's it like? Uh, also too, uh, we'll have to put this off until Monday, but, uh, how's your experience been hiking? I, I find myself on trails often, you know, doing some trail running or hiking with the family and, and I'm not one to wear a mask, uh, outside during exercise, outside during exercise. I think that if you are outside, there's plenty of room to, to give a wide berth to those uh, in your path, and you can do so safely. Uh, but not everyone is like that. And sometimes uh, the reactions you get uh, are a little hostile. Anyway, uh, it just uh, just musings. Uh, if you have any thoughts or observations here, 57500. It's the Utah Community Credit Union text line. We're going to take a break right now. And in the final segment before the weekend, I have a, a bit of an announcement to make. And uh, I will uh, explain things, and we'll talk about the future of this program and some uh, personal stuff for me. Coming up next on Live Mike, I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast Cold. 
Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.